My next guest on today's podcast is Rohan Chaube. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Rohan is a growth hacker, come growth marketer, and at a young age, he's been able to achieve so many things. With a Guinness World Record to his name and some very fun facts that 13 July is called the Growth Hacking Day. Uh, my Growth Hacking Day is on 13 July and He's also in process to release a movie. It's more of like digital entrepreneurship as a whole and showing okay. the growth stories of these entrepreneurs. Uh, it is real stories of, uh, okay, so the concept is, um, at least for now, okay. the concept is uh, 21 digital entrepreneurs very successful in what they do. Some okay. are digital creators, some are startup founders, some are unicorn founders, some are agencies making millions. Mm-hmm. So people coming from different walks of life, but in the digital space. His story and his mindset about growth hacking and growth marketing in this DNH is fascinating. And without much further ado, let me get on with it. Hi Rohan, welcome to Masters Decoded Season 3. Really glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Rohan, uh, you know, when I looked up your profile and my team did research, uh, you know, it was very fascinating. At such a young age, you know, you've been touted as one of the most followed you uh, on Twitter, the growth hacker. Uh, so first of all, for the benefit of the audience, what's your age? Uh, I'm 26, so not very young, but... Okay. Uh... You are young. <laughs> if I have to compare my age, I'm at 45 almost. Uh, so you are definitely young. Thank you. And uh, I think these titles like uh, most follower or having followers on any profile or platform is just uh, 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 very temporary now with platforms evolving and going down, platforms emerging. So I don't really take it seriously, but yeah, it's just a nice thing. <laughs> That's good. And we'll get into the subject of growth hacking. And by the way, I'm a big, uh, you know, believer in growth hacking. And uh, for me, growth hacking is also personal hacking, how I grow personally as individuals. But what you do, what you focus on is from a business perspective and a business lens. You know, and we'll talk more about it. Uh, but at this young age, you know, at the age of 26, you know, where did growth hacking come to you about? Like, where did this land up? How did you, uh, if you can share a little bit about that, I would love to double click on the this aspect first. Sure. So I was actually a blogger. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I think I started in 2013. Wow. And okay. it's 23. So almost a decade on the internet. I grew up on the internet. I was 16 and now I'm 26. Wow. And uh, then uh, I think in about uh, three, four or five years, I did not monetize. I was just blogging for fun. I was writing whatever I was learning in school. And then uh, in 2016, November, I got an opportunity to work with um, a San Francisco-based startup remotely. And okay. that's when, uh, uh, you know, I started to monetize my skills. So when you are a blogger, you learn everything, writing, SEO, marketing, social media, uh, literally everything. So uh, this founder used to call himself founder and growth uh, hacker. Okay. And uh, back then I was too shy to ask him. So, and we did not have much, con- many conversations as well. Uh, his wife used to speak to us. So, mm-hmm. uh I started researching it myself, like what is growth hacking, how did it originate and stuff like that. 
and uh, started to like once i had all the basic understanding from books podcasts blogs guides and whatever i could find on the internet videos uh, i started to have my own frameworks and theories to it okay and then it evolved into like a book and then i collaborated with other people uh, you know contributed to the knowledge and i continue to do that with my community now so uh, over the years uh, my definitions have slightly changed changed but the essence have uh, remained the same and i also realized that growth hacking has been around uh, since the start of the internet when one of the first companies and startups started on the internet yeah. so uh, it has been an interesting journey and i'm glad i could be a part of it 10 15 years down the line and uh, hoping to continue to endorse and promote it uh, i think that's the way marketing is shaping up as well like growth marketing is very common term now yeah. everyone talks in terms of growth so it has become quite mainstream in the last 10 years so rohan you mentioned that over the years you've redefined growth hacking in your mind uh what was it before and what was what is it now as per you if you can go a little bit deeper into that yes so for me uh, previously i used to think uh, that growth marketing or growth hacking is about you know finding very clever ways to do things mm-hmm. or finding something unconventional or offbeat right that still remains mm-hmm. but what i've added to it is over the years that my understanding is that you may not always come up with something offbeat or unconventional right it's a mix of conventional and unconventional strategies mm-hmm. that you do it in a systematic way and then there is a sign you apply science behind it like you know you literally when we are in school we are given ke- chemicals to mix yeah so you are to so think of growth experiments like different chemicals conventional non conventional and you're mixing and seeing what the end result is so in school when we mix chemicals we don't know what color it would change to right yeah. so in startup marketing we don't know what results it would bring in so we note it down and then based on the observation we come to a conclusion that okay we performed x experiments and y were uh, very successful and we want to do more of that mm. uh or maybe mixing of two experiments or independently doing them was a disaster and we don't want to do that it caused an explosion in the lab <laughs> yeah so uh that's where i've come to that it's more of a science versus um you know just uh something and- offbeat so but these experiments also cost money right in real world specifically when now the situation like what's going on in the market where the market is tough marketing dollars are hard to come by uh organizations doing experiments with marketing can really cost them uh for, from a learning perspective right it can be a costly learning expertise as well as uh science which they would indulge in do you think every company should indulging these experiments on and off uh, as markets change as market situations change yeah so i've been very passionate about this topic uh, what we have observed over the years like i've at least been on the internet for 10 years and i've seen marketing has shifted from organic free to very paid and promotional mm-hmm. and uh, now it has come down to all the platforms banding together to go against the marketers like they don't work in interest of the marketers they work in interest of themselves and their wow. profits so you see every platform has decreased their reach 
yeah every platform has control number of uh, like twitter has even control the number of views uh, you can have like yes. in terms of how many tweets you can see reddit has changed their api policies you can't even build tools now using apis unless you're paying a hefty amount if you're doing it at scale so i've seen over the years every possible organic channel has been monetized in some way yeah we were promoted these platforms as if it is free platform for marketing for self expression now these are data platforms these mm-hmm. are commercialized highly commercial yeah. platforms where we are just a part of the product or purchasing the product mm-hmm. so now the growth hacking is even difficult than ever everything has money to it mm-hmm. uh, even doing something for free would cost you money because you may want to have let's say giving you an example uh doing linkedin outreach or uh cold outreach on linkedin was very popular yeah linkedin had no limits like you can you could go crazy with connecting to lakhs of people yeah until 2015 17 then linkedin said that 30000 connections is the maximum you can have yeah then they said that you can have 1000 invites now you can send only 100 invites per week Yeah. and maybe in the times to come they would say become a premium and then have the 100 invites yeah. so you notice what's happening here they are just decreasing the limits and the scope for organic hacking per se is going away hmm. now you need to do things like scale things vertically uh, sorry horizontally instead of vertically like having one account to do so many actions you have tens of account doing the same number of actions but you just are adding more components to it so i think that way the growth marketing has evolved and now has a cost attached to it but it was far more easier earlier so yes every uh, experiment has a cost cost in terms of time cost in terms of team cost in terms of tools yeah and that and production evaluation... also right production absolutely. of an ad and all of those aspects absolutely uh, those are all like extra side things right and then evaluating okay which uh, it, it also comes to cost op- optimization right like where do we put in the money to actually get the roi based on our hypothesis mm-hmm. and then based on the results those are like two completely different things right yep. so i think the the science of growth hacking has become a little more complex than it used to be but you know uh, somebody who's learning marketing today you know and i want to switch a little bit uh you know and i i come across certain curriculums when it come, when you think about people who are doing bmm in india or they're learning marketing in a professional setup like a management degree you know nobody talks about growth hacking uh you know that's a sad part also uh you know why do you feel that you know it's not still becoming mainstream growth hacking so we are taking some initiatives to um uh promote it uh you know the people are involved the marketers are involved the industry the government uh, i'll i'll talk about it has to move forward but for for, for the time being i think the traditional institutes just still see marketing as marketing it used to be and yeah. the most subtle ways right uh but when these participants candidates or professionals when they enter the actual space they realize that oh whatever we learned was a good starter yeah but it does not apply directly mm-hmm. and you have to get smarter to really apply it and uh, i think that is the gap that's missing and that's why we see see so we see so many courses and other things uh, popping up right yeah uh, but then again uh, 
it's it's not timeless uh, most of the courses are not timeless principles so we still need the principles from the institutes it just that the institutes need to up their game and uh, go well with the current times and i think that would only happen when people like you and i or others get involved and really start preaching what it looks like to grow a company in this age you spoke about platforms and you know uh, if i'm a marketer i'm learning to be a marketing professional mm-hmm. and you spoke about these variety of platforms they evolving at a much more rapid pace and let's talk about the new kid on the block which is threads uh, which has also come up in the last one week and it is it's probably got the maximum number of users compared to any other platform right the, the latest one was chat gpt which was mm-hmm. not a a social media platform mm-hmm. or a engagement platform but it was touted as one of the biggest platforms which got maximum number of users but threads has broken those records as well now if i'm a marketer and i'm trying to learn marketing i've come from marketing and and you have these platforms which are evolving at a much more larger scale uh how do you keep up and how do you know what works what doesn't work from an experiment perspective also so i still think that um open ai chat gpt was the fastest um, platform to acquire users and i discredit meta the okay. reason being it's like you know i have let's take example of this i have a community you have a new community we we decide that we want to work together we are now business partners so i have this existing community that i say that we will now be into this right mm-hmm. and we are merging so mm-hmm. that's what i feel with threads you need to have an instagram account you already have the audience and this audience is prominently shown the thread option inside the instagram app which okay. redirects to the app store which then you have to download using your instagram credentials so it's like i'm already i already have my audience on one app i'm just taking them to another app that is not user acquisition that is user exchange hmm. user acquisition is when you let's say if they would have got 250 million users of twitter on thread on the first day yeah <laughs> that was that would be something or i mean 250 is of course a crazy number but let's say 10 million users right yeah. from twitter uh but that's not what is happening although elon has accused them of getting twitter data and then uh, working on it to get acquire users or whatever and then using their ips or anything i mean that's a different story but the point i'm trying to make here is this is not user acquisition this is user exchange and i think meta is um cleverly blurring the lines and uh, i see marketers hyping it but i think we need to be very uh, uh, clear about this the second is um, i've worked with a few social media platforms okay. and i shouldn't be saying this um, but i would because that would just give more context to what i was saying earlier with meta that uh, i was working uh, so i was working with a legit social platform which had governments recognition has an intermediary platform just like how twitter facebook everyone has right and uh, what we used to do is we were a competitor to twitter in india mm-hmm. when the government of india had issues with the twitter platform mm-hmm. before elon musk took it over uh, twitter did not co- wanted to comply with the new it rules of uh, india india and uh, that's when this platform was launched and mm-hmm. they were banking on this controversy to get people 
And I was one of those uh, marketers who took them from 50 lakh users to a crore. There were only three growth marketers on the team. Mm. I was on the organic acquisition side. And then there were two other marketers that were on the paid side. We had the country's largest budget, paid marketing budget. Uh, We were like, I think the second, the first one was spending the most amount of money with Meta. We were sending the second most amount of money with Meta across India. Okay. And the sec- and then they hired me to have some organic acquisition done. Hmm. So what we realized is that this story alone, that it's Twitter versus the government or Twitter versus the right of India uh, would alone acquire us the users. Mm-hmm. So we were actually getting people from Twitter to our platform, right? That's right acquisition. Like we are yeah. actually an alternative to them. So uh, Thread is an alternative to Twitter Thread. So they should be acquiring from Twitter and not from their platform first. Mm-hmm. Their platform would anyways come later, right? Yeah. So uh, so th- this is the point of making this. Uh, and then as a platform, I've also seen how we make algorithms, rules, what special privileges are given to a certain users. For example, when TikTok was in India, yeah, I was working with uh, Upgrad. Okay. And... Uh, when reached out to the ByteDance company, which runs TikTok, said that if you take this set of creators, we guarantee you reach. Oh. We asked them how. They said the orga- organic algorithms are in our, our hands. We can amplify it. Similarly, when uh, the same company, uh, okay, let's skip company names. This company I was working with were also running a lot of influencer um, campaigns, sorry, uh, the paid campaigns. Mm -hmm. Their budgets were in crores and this company got the top startup in Okay. and then has a complimentary thing, right? You know, like when you go to a five star and you say it's your birthday or anniversary or whatever, they bring you cake for free. It's not really included in your billing. So just because you're buying from this platform in crores has a complimentary thing. They offer to increase organic reach of the founder of the uh, company because he was an influencer and um, a very big guy in Bollywood. So this is what happens. Like platforms are not neutral for all. And working closely with these platforms has an employee and has a media buyer. I've learned this. So do you call this growth hacking? Or do you call this um I don't know if it's marketing, it's it it's 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 pure play, a uh, pay-to-play, right? Yeah. Uh the people with most money would have the most reach. So mm. This is why I say that organic side of things are dying and it's the need of the hour, just like platforms are banning against marketers, marketers need to ban against uh, platforms. How do we do that? Uh, you have seen an example, with, right? What happened mm-hmm. with is recently, you, uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, went dark. They dropped, uh, I guess, seven to 10% of their traffic over protests, right? I'm one of the uh, mods which participated in the protests and um, we turned off our uh, subreddit along with uh, uh, 20 23000 uh, uh, moderators and you could see the effect right what was the result of it compromised 
they said that the mod tools will continue to operate over the limits uh they were making uh apps that were meant for accessibility to the blind possible Mm-hmm. and then now they are working to bring on more mod tools for us they are bringing uh, you know more options for accessibility for the blind users and i'm happy with it mm-hmm. so this did not happen with twitter when elon took over and uh, i think the left of the world was complaining yeah. they could easily band together they did not but we learned from the example of that you can take down a tech giant mm-hmm. i mean is not a giant but it still shows an example to us right yeah but then platforms are fighting against it as well they saw the example of so what happened was users were deleting their content to decrease the traffic of the entire site hmm. meta observed this from controversy protests and now you can't uh, like there is this statement in that profile that says you can't delete a thread profile entirely you unless you delete your yeah. instagram account yeah. so you see it's an undeclared war marketers versus the tech giants right and mm. i tell you on this podcast someday even governments would be replaced by these platforms i worked with these platforms and i've internally known how good and bad they could be and i promise this will happen okay uh, that's a tall claim but uh, we'll definitely have to see how things end yes it's not a know, claim it has happened it has happened with trump Yeah. right he was a president right and i don't cite any of the political uh, sides i'm just saying has a fact that it happened yeah it can topple a government yeah it can topple a government in fact we've seen that all the uprising of the middle east uh, started from all social media platforms and it toppled the most of the governments uh, and we've seen uprisings happening across the world it happened with donald trump as well as you rightly said but you know it It, to your point uh, you know it, to each or to its own uh, in terms of how things will evolve you're you're right in saying that most of these platforms have expanded from its original base of connecting people or creating engagement platforms but to now have more of influencing ability of individuals uh, we've seen unnecessary conversations happening on these platforms which have resulted in people forming point of views uh which is in is in warranted when uh, i so, was a blogger yeah. i signed up to facebook because it said on the home page connecting with people free forever yeah. and then i only signed up for sharing my blog posts hmm. now the content has evolved so much that every other content is about someone being an absolute sell out someone yeah. trying to divide people someone trying to produce some uh you know some some illicit and unethical yeah. content yeah. so it has come to the point where social media is not social media anymore yeah and maybe perhaps we need one common maybe someone would invent it where it just goes back to the times i don't know if yeah. it's possible right now but yeah coming back to the point of marketers is just that uh, we now need to be more clever than ever and if you ask me like let me just uh frame your next question even without you asking me what is the solution to this mm-hmm. the solution is creating our own platforms creating mm-hmm. our own tribes and then these tribes together 
band together so yeah. for example you run your own community i run my own community you we do a podcast together we exchange audiences and we yeah. don't want social media anymore we are going to only use social media to exploit it i mean to get as much mileage as we can yeah, but then originally yes but then originally it is hosted on our own safe spaces and and you you could see like i don't know if you know this but nas daily you know nasir has started his own community platform he's yeah, they invited a, me yes yes so even i have my own community on that now so uh, you know as as things evolve to your point there are a lot of these creators or people who make these platforms successful mm-hmm. also are now saying hey enough with these platforms and i want to go ahead and have my own uh, control of communities which i own rather than the platforms demanding or commanding that but you know when you think about growth hacking and when you think about community but the community aligns to content uh which is the paramount of everything right uh, whether it's paid marketing or organic marketing uh there's so much of content being produced even this what we are doing today is producing content and there is less attention span right people say it's in seconds it's in single digit seconds now the attention span you know when you think about growth hacking and when you think about community and then you think about content you know when you look at that proper trifecta content how do organizations really deal with content and get that attention span which they, which is required as part of both of those aspects okay so i had an interesting take on this so what uh, with my regular consulting practice this is what i recommend to companies when they bring up this you know mm-hmm. content marketing uh, i would say that you are not a content company yep. you are not a product company you are not a media company you are all three of them mm-hmm. so you would have a community mm-hmm. you would create content mm-hmm. which is your media company mm-hmm. this media company supported by your community and this i mean look at it this way there is community community supports the media company the media company supports the product or service or whoever you are right like even a personal brand yeah so this is like going upwards but the base of it is the community mm-hmm. so once you have the strong foundation which is your community then you go on to build a media company then you go on to build your product service that's how it should ideally be okay interesting but picking the right form of content today content is evolved as well mm-hmm. uh you know you have short form of content both text and visual and when you think about visual there is images there is gifs there's videos and videos also have variety of types of formats Uh, you know which one do you pick and choose and how do you align and how do you build like you know the classic social media calendars or content calendars where people talk about repurposing creating a mega content and then create shorter content out of that there are so many things out there right if you try to spend time and energy behind it you will spend a year learning about different aspects of this so how do you how does a company go about driving this forward it's i feel it's no longer about the format of the content it's about the message that you want to amplify mm-hmm. so let's say for example what like we personally do in our communities we would pick a theme or topic for the week or the month it's not like explicitly told that oh this is what we are going to do 
Okay. Just like a media company wouldn't come and tell you that, oh, this week we are going to run news about this thing, and we will continue to talk about it for the rest of the month or week, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, it just happens. We just notices notice it has a season, right? Like mm-hmm. Ukraine Russia war is still going on. Yeah. But is it the major coverage point for the news media right now? No. No. It was right. Yeah. So it's an untold theme, right? So we keep untold themes to our for our communities. We start discussion. We start the I would say the fire and then it burns, burns in forms of conversation, right? And in a more, like I want to have, give it a more positive connotation. So it's like, you know, we will ignite that spark and then people will come join the fireside chat and everybody starts to talk about this topic. And they suddenly feel that it's an important topic for discussion. For these thousand people, this topic becomes important, right? Not for the rest of the world. Yeah. And, um, this is what the I uh, I suggest B2C and B2B companies to do as well. Pick your cause, mm. pick your story, pick your narratives, and then become spin doctors. Every platform you are, you're picking the same story, you're spinning the same stories. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the format of the content, you amplify just one message. So if you now go and pick up my other podcasts, Mm-hmm. You would find me talking about the same things over and over again. Mm-hmm. Pick up some author like Robin Sharma. He's talking about the same thing for the for a decade. I think 5M Club, uh, Waking Up Early, Being a Genius, and I don't know what not. Right? Yeah. So it's the same thing. The, the messaging remains the same. For me, it's lifelong about growth marketing. I ran a blog first. I started about growth marketing. I became a growth marketer. I launched the Growth Hacking Book 1. I launched Growth Hacking Book 2. My Growth Hacking movie now comes out. Uh, my Growth Hacking Day is on 13th July. We do Twitter trends on Growth Hacking Day. Uh, I talk at events. It's all about growth hacking. I talk at podcasts, YouTube channels. It's all growth hacking. Like You would be overwhelmed. If you see me anywhere, it's just growth hacking. So mm-hmm. that's what your company needs to stand for. If you're a customer service, let's say, platform like Intercom, Intercom should become like the best, uh, you know, uh, uh, talker about CX, customer experience. Yeah. And they become the leader of it. Like my name, Rohan Chaube, should be synonymous to growth marketing or growth hacking, not for the world, mm-hmm. but only for these thousand people or 10,000 or even 100, you know, whatever your audience size is. A lot of people also think I need to have millions to draw know me. No, you just need to get like a thousand, hundred, ten thousand people to really know this thing because of you. They see you and immediately this thing comes to their mind. Yeah. That's what you're trying to build with your community, with your content, with your content formats, everything pointing to the same thing and origin. You spoke about the books and we'll come to the books uh, because there are some fascinating stories on the books, but uh, talking about the entire, uh, you know, you spoke a lot about social media and social media platforms, but today the traditional platforms as we grew up, or at least I grew up, uh, you know, you and I have 20 years of gap in that first 20 years, which I grew up, we had traditional media. Uh, which still exists, like TV, radio, billboard ads, uh, word, word of mouth still is there, but now has transitioned into many things, newspapers, newspaper ads, forget the digital newspapers, but physical newspapers. You know, when you think about growth hacking and growth marketing, how does that, you know, the traditional meets new, does that really work these days? 
Absolutely. So it's more of like done from a PR standpoint. Mm -hmm. So imagine, uh, I think what, I don't remember the company exactly. There was this event and uh, everybody was like supposed to come to this place, some convention center. And uh, there was like a big balloon of this software okay. uh, and, and it was quite visible. So, so that's something done offline, but generates conversation online on Twitter, let's say. Okay. I had a billboard of my book um, in Mumbai uh, across stations okay. and people would take a picture and send me. And uh, when I posted it uh, on my social media, it had like the most engagement. So mm -hmm. that engagement wasn't happening in real world. But that real world thing helped in digital engagement. Similarly, uh, when we did an event uh, to release a launcher book, there was uh, media from the print, digital, and uh, sorry, what TV, mm -hmm. and uh, it was spread across platforms. But then the same social proof is shown on um, uh, digital to say that, oh, we are a newspaper. Like people who come on newspaper right now, nobody reads it, but they take a clip of it and post it on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Twitter, wherever they want yep. to, and then it gets engagement, right? So everything now ties down to the digital, but it still has value, right? Because not everybody can do it. So the things that not everybody can do are still something that people desire. And it creates engagement in conversations. So I think that is how it's evolving at the moment. Uh, of course, billboard advertising, it's still a big thing. I was just looking at, uh, so now we have digital billboards. Digital billboards, yes. And it's like ever changing, just like how we ha have it on websites, right? Mm -hmm. And it is interesting because now it's more lively. Uh, perhaps there would be a point in time when you're driving through and your phone shows the same ads what you see on billboards. It could all be connected. So I still see an integrated uh, um, work of media across the real and offline world. Sorry, the digital and offline world. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, it. it just now acts as a complement to digital is what I'm trying to say. Okay. You spoke about the books, but you spoke about one thing which is very interesting before the books is your own movie on growth hacking. Is the movie in production? Can you shed some light about sure. the movie? Sure. So uh, it's not exactly growth hacking per se, but it's more of like digital entrepreneurship as a whole and showing okay. the growth stories of these entrepreneurs. Uh, so is it real around, stories or is it fictitious? Uh, it is real stories of, uh, okay. So the concept is, um, at least for now, okay. the concept is, uh, 21 digital entrepreneurs, very successful in what they do. Some okay. are digital creators, some are startup founders, some are unicorn founders, some are agencies making millions. Mm -hmm. So people coming from different walks of life, but in the digital space, Okay, they meet in an island. And they tell their stories. And then uh, we show all aspects of their life from business to life to spirituality or whatever like they are into. What's their philosophy of success? Hmm. And then uh, we it, it's an attempt to show that how people. So now it's very like a few years ago when I was I used to be a blogger. Making money on the Internet was a luxury. Yeah. Now making money on the internet or working from home or remotely is like a new novel. Yeah. And uh, in the times to come, 
it's not about talking about how you make money online or uh, 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 how you work remotely. It's about what has been your journey that really contributes to creating wealth online. Mm-hmm. And this story is about generating wealth. This story is about growth. This story is about uh, how the internet has evolved and so are these digital entrepreneurs. Okay. And we are releasing this in theaters in Mumbai. We oh, are wow. putting this on OTT platform. We are putting it all across co-working spaces. And um, this is all offline, right? Uh, and it would create the buzz uh, online. So it's in nice. the works. It will. Uh, we will start shooting on the onset of winter in India. Okay. Uh, it's currently raining. Uh, I, we don't know the weather conditions on islands that we are looking at. So uh, once it's done in winter, we plan to release it next year, uh, early next year, because people would be excited. New year, new me. <laughs> so yeah. they would feel inspired with the movie. So uh, I had done two books. It became a bestseller. For 23 hours, we were um, ranking number one on Kindle, even above the likes of uh, Jay Shetty, uh, Chetan Bhagat, uh, Gary Vee. So it says something, right? Like we don't have a paid PR. We don't have any PR as such. But it's the community that made the movie last number one for 23 hours. And anybody who has heard of Kindle store and the actual Amazon bookstore, yeah. knows that there are millions and millions of book and ranking like number one in the entire nation is like a big thing. And the people we are competing with, like Gary Vee, are on everybody's screen. So it's like, you know, the unknowns competing with the knowns. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it just shows the power of uh, community. Uh, and uh, further on that, uh, for the movie as well as the book, we are engaging international audiences. That means it's an India-led movement, but it's uh, involving everybody else. So when wow. I, this also brings me to the story of our growth hacking book, if you allow, uh, sorry, the growth hacking day, if you allow me to share. Sure. Uh, US was like, places in the US were doing their own uh, growth hacking day. In France, people were doing their own growth hacking day. So essentially Mm -hmm. the US, Europe, right? And I realized that a lot of countries are left out. Mm -hmm. Uh, What could we do? Uh, Like like we say in India, uh, we are more, um, the right word would be benevolent. Mm -hmm. We are trying to like have everyone together. We are Indian at heart and global in spirit. So how do we get everybody together and on one page? So we thought, okay, let's come up with International Growth Hacking Day on the day we launched the book. The okay. day and the book was endorsed by Mr. Amitabh Kant, who is the CEO and director of Niti Aayog Government of India. This vertical uh, helps in policy making in India. Yeah. And recently, Sam Altman, the CEO of OpenAI, met the PM and Amitabh Kant. So he's, yeah. he's the same person. He's also the same person who started Make in India and Incredible India themes. So he's a fantastic person and getting an endorsement from him was like a big thing. And then we had a few other people from the government, uh, policy making divisions, the media, like I said, TV, print, uh, uh, digital, uh, the community in India uh, and in 20 countries involved. We made, uh, of course, the best-selling book. Uh, we had uh, people, 100 people from 20 countries making a world record of a business anthology having most number of contributors and nations. 
and uh, it is now in several libraries in india and us it's mostly it mo mostly had impact in india and us but it also impacted smaller countries for example caribbean island mm -hmm. is also a place that was colonized by britishers yeah and they by default feel they are defeated like uh, i apologize if someone is watching from there but it's some sort of mentality yeah. but they when they look at india they see that india was colonized as well they see india was uh, looted as well but it still rose and mm -hmm. it's rising and then they draw inspiration from indian startups and start the exact same startups in the same verticals for their uh, geography the same is with uh, uh, you know places like uh, in african continent someone mm -hmm. from i guess nigeria i saw writing up in their uh, linkedin profile i reached out to her and asked why do you write up like do you know up is not like a metro city but it's like a state in india yeah. she says that uh, the same story that they think that india is a far developed nation and they aspire to be like us and she thinks that she would get more opportunity if she writes up in her bio in india wow. uh, similarly i have seen indian people uh, let's say someone in calcutta writing california in their bio mm. or someone in nasik writing new york in their bio mm. and i asked them why it's like, it's same so you know the grass is always greener on the other side and this story like we have with this entrepreneurs these are all very accomplished well networked uh crorepatis and millionaires from india mm -hmm. and they're sharing their story that i did not move out of my country to make a million or more i did not uh, uh you know change my linkedin values yeah. i authentically remained where i was and now the world is one nation Yeah. so it kind of promotes that idea that we are a global citizen mm. and opportunities are endless and now we are getting into a world where everyone is like we all are equals yeah so that's the story <laughs> very interesting so no and it's nice way to weave in your book as well as the the growth hacking day which you have which is 13th of july uh so how did all these ideas come about to you at that young age hey let's have a growth hacking day let's write a book let's get people from around the world to contribute you know it's fascinating at this young age you have such profound knowledge when it comes to growth hacking growth marketing kahan se many where did it come from thank you uh so i'm humble when you say that i actually get i i'm a copycat okay. but in a creative way so like they say what steal like an artist or what is yeah, that yeah steal like an artist yeah. yes so jo what i do uh, jose leon is yes. is the book writer yeah uh what i do is um i take ideas from other industries and apply it to mine a lot of mm. people do one mistake they take ideas from their own industry and then copy it and you're an obvious copycat yeah but if you apply ideas from other uh industries and copying to yours you're an original <laughs> mm. so this is what i do i look at other industries what they are doing so the book anthology idea was actually from the self help uh, space a lot okay. of books in the self help space are anthologies like they get together all the therapists and i don't know uh coaches get together and write the books i thought okay yeah. marketers should do that 
then there is a uh, uh, I, i did not know about it i got the idea that okay why is just bollywood doing theater releases i want a theatrical release for uh, you know marketers and founders and digital entrepreneurs so let's do a movie and i have never been to theaters that means uh, i don't watch bollywood movies but i want to look at myself in uh, in a theater just to experience how it feels like mm-hmm. like what's the setting and all of that so i thought okay let's start let's start a book about uh, uh, digital marketers sorry digital entrepreneurs and experience it mm. and that's when i re- like, like i was talking to these other participants in the um, documentary and i uh, ha- like they were all excited as well because this is very normal idea right so my idea is my idea for marketing is i don't want to constantly post social media content and do the same thing as what everybody is doing yeah i want to have milestones in my life not social media posts and every milestone marks something novel something original something out of the box and that is built to stay for long mm-hmm. versus a social media post that might get deleted tomorrow for some policy violation a book can't be destroyed a movie can't be destroyed like it can be destroyed but not like so easily yeah uh, so creating things that are here to stay forever mm-hmm. even when we would be gone like i don't want to be even remembered after i'm gone but i want to be i want these timeless principles of growth hacking growth marketing maybe motivating people from those caribbean islands and african continents and letting them know that they are no less than the silicon valley uh, uh, silicon valley guys yeah. they can be the exactly the same india has done it and they, you can do it as well yeah so that's the story that i want to leave a lot of people have aspirations that they want to be remembered i don't want to be remembered i just want my work to be there so that it helps someone else so this is like my life is a guidebook for someone that's how i'm weaving it together so the idea actually comes from other industries and then i apply to my life in industry and then try to serve so it's all done in the service we don't make any money from the books we have sold like uh, 7 8000 copies so far with no pr no budget for marketing uh it's wow. all community funded uh, even the movies community funded um uh, everything that we do is like funded by just this small section of people uh, hardly a thousand uh, it's not like everybody's contributing as well it's like for the book 100 people contributed for the movie 20 millionaires are contributing so it's like we run crowd funds and do this we don't make any profits out of this but then the by product of it is that it positions us as the authority and then it brings in some business to us and everybody involved in the process so uh, that's the upside so we don't really uh, do any cold bound marketing or inbound marketing for our agency as well it's the series of events in our own life that turns out to be like bringing us clients and then they like their work and then there there is referrals and other things that just follow uh but yeah the bottom line really is that uh, i am taking it from other industries very interesting you know at this young age your family will be putting on a lot of pressure pressure also to you right go get a work go get a job <laughs> you know or get married or you know have a fam have a stable income you know how do how do you battle all of that aspect uh, i'm sure when your friends might be working in corporate environments or they may be having their own setup so uh, how do you deal with the societal and family and friends pressure or things going around you right what you i'm not saying what you're doing is 
is less. In fact, it's far more than what I was doing when I was at 26. Uh, but you know, how, how do you manage that aspect, which is because you're still in India, right? And there are a lot of young folks who will be thinking, okay, you know, can he, he's doing it because he's privileged or he was lucky or, you know, how, how do you balance all of that other aspects as well? Sure. So, uh, I don't usually talk about this aspect of my life, but I actually, uh, uh, stay in a very controlled environment Okay. Uh, in a way that, uh, Everything is controlled, right? From what people uh, I'm meeting, what I'm eating, etc. I'm. It's like you know they say trash in and trash out. What you mm-hmm. consume, what you become, and that's yeah. the reason I also say I don't want to watch violent movies or uh, uh, you know love stories on a big screen. I would rather feed my mind with something else than something that I would you know enjoy doing. Okay. So I am more of like a techie guy and with the right mix of spirituality into it and uh, it's just i think it's called um, cultural inputs okay i control the cultural inputs in my world so that i can have my originality intact like if someone tells you that mm-hmm. okay it's being a person who is very successful means that you must have money this is like a very cultural thing right yeah if nobody tells you about this you would not know right you would think that being successful is just being a nice person everybody likes you yeah <laughs> this that would be the most innocent thing right and as yeah. kids when we are asked okay what do you want to become i used to say i want to become a rickshaw driver because i really love rickshaw like mm. the three-wheel vehicle I, yeah. I don't know if it's there in all the countries but yeah it's very airy it doesn't make like in a car i would feel dizzy but i wouldn't feel that in rickshaw and i said i want to drive rickshaw i'll become a rickshaw driver that is a very innocent way of putting like for a child to say because we are not fed by a cultural uh theory or idea yeah. that rickshaw drivers are poor or something like that it's a very that's a notion we have right yeah. but that's what i do in my world as well like i very innocently avoid all the cultural inputs and then when you do your work it turns out to be original because it's not influenced by other people, right? Even on social media, I have not log- logged into thread at all uh, because I'm not like the person who will jump on every uh, platform because Gary, we told us to seize opportunities when sooner when they are like before they are gone, right? Yeah. We saw what happened with Clubhouse. Yeah. We saw what happened with other platforms. So I'm very mindful of where to invest energy and and my time and money. So let the platform prove its point and then we would get on it. Like nothing is going to change in one, two months, right? It would still be there where it is. Yeah. So I'll just take the username and just leave it that way. Uh, Similarly, like uh, my family, um, when I was in school, I used to see my uh, uh, dad dressing up in formals and leaving for work and I used to be very uncomfortable with like just wearing formals alone. And my idea of working remotely was inspired by this, that I don't want to wear formals because I'm very skinny. I'm just 40 kgs and uh, I do not get clothes of my size. Like the size starts with 28 and I'm 26. Wow. And okay. <laughs> so my I have idea... a different I have a different problem of sizes, right? My <laughs> sizes are bigger. So I don't get those sizes when I'm <laughs> so that's interesting. Okay. So my problem was different, not of the world that oh, I want to become rich and work remotely. It's a luxury lifestyle. My reason for working remotely was I don't want to wear that kind of clothes. I don't want to go in those offices that have glass panes on everywhere. I mm. want to stay at home and do what I love doing. And uh, 
I didn't even th- thought about this career path. It just unfolded magically. And I like some people like consciously take effort that, okay, I want to become a digital marketer. Mm-hmm. They become a marketer with the work as an employer or a freelancer. Then they start mm-hmm. uh, operating as an agency. Then they create their own product. Then they build this company, you know, maybe they become unicorn or very profitable company or whatever, right? This is like the usual yeah. uh, growth path. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was very natural. Like I did not think that, okay, I want to do this because I would make money. I started blogging because I wanted to. I got this opportunity to work with this company, uh, uh, the SaaS company that I first worked with, just randomly because I was writing for Huffington Post. It was, uh, uh, it's a media site. Mm-hmm. And uh, things unfolded from there. Uh, I did not even choose to become a growth hacker. Like this person, this founder was a growth hacker. I learned about it. It started doing it. Uh, thought that okay writing book would be cool creating a community would be cool creating a movie would be cool and all of this indirectly directly makes money mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that became a lifestyle so when covid happened and everybody was remote and everybody was going crazy saying it's new normal it's new normal i was wondering oh i've been home always Home in mm-hmm. the sense, I do go out and enjoy the outdoor lifestyle. I love it. I love villages and forests whenever I get a chance. But I was always working from home. It's nothing new for them. So what are these people talking about and going crazy about? But then I'm also trying to have that empathy and look from their perspective that, yeah. oh, if I was them, how would I feel? And then I go on the trips thinking that, okay, how would it feel like them being yeah. them? So uh, I think, yeah, I think we... Like at least the people who are same as us are ahead of their times. So think of the people who are working offline right now. Yeah. Uh, maybe repairing railways Cars or, or anything. Yeah. yeah. They have no clue what OpenAI is. Mm-hmm. So I'm very lucky that uh, we operate ahead of the times and uh, not just ahead of the times, but are people who are the light workers right like you yeah. and i are light workers you doing this podcast is a work of showing path to people yeah so uh i think that alone makes our life uh um smooth if i i couldn't get a word so it, it's just something that you know uh, you wouldn't regret doing so my family naturally then adapted to it knowing that okay whatever i am doing is like I used to tell my family that everybody would in 2016 that everybody should work remotely and they will and then COVID happened and then everybody was like oh you were yeah. right so yeah. it's like you know and now I say talk things about AI and other stuff that you know spiritual tourism would be a big thing and people will have less things to do and more time to devote in their spiritual lives and yeah. do good work uh, for you know maybe exploring universe or whatever and maybe this would happen right yeah. Uh, it's just all our uh, what what you can think by having no cultural inputs and no limitations on your thoughts. Yeah. So uh, then they were like, okay, let's take a back seat and let just let him do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> Very interesting. Now you know, building on to what you just said, and you know, there's one thing which you've been talking a lot about communities. Mm. Now you know, most of these platforms we see when there are communities and you know, you build communities, there are bad actors also. There are people who participate in communities because they want to learn, they want to contribute, they want to engage, but then there are bad actors. How do people deal with bad actors, right? In the modern terms, they're also called trolls or they're called 
bots, whatever you may want to call them. But, you know, how do you deal with bad actors who are there as part of these communities? So I think of it this way. Let's say you and I were living offline mm-hmm. and we had no connection online. Yeah. What would you do uh, offline? So when business people used to previously uh, operate their businesses offline, they used to have a set of friends. They had a set of admirers and followers. They would come for advice or they would just, you know, be their customer or user or whatever, right? Whatever they were doing, uh, product or business or uh, service. Yeah. Similarly, online, there is, so we had an untold community offline, right? It's just that nobody said that, okay, this is your circle. This is your community. But we knew that, okay, this is. Online, we are more prominently able to do that. Mm-hmm. So my entire business is community driven. And I, most of the things that I do is just attached to this set of people. They become my users. They become my customers. They become my buyers. Uh, they are the go-to people I want to discuss things with. I am the media for them. I, uh, you know, take initiatives on behalf of them and they join in. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, just staying over connected to this thousand people and that becomes your life. Mm-hmm. That's what ha- would happen offline, right? And the same would has ha- is happening online. I've also read some news like, okay, some influencer had a million people and they couldn't sell some X number of T-shirts, which was mm-hmm. less than 100. Why does that happen? Because they are not culturally connected to their communities, right? Yeah. So you create a culture for your community to reward the right behaviors and discourage, not punish, but discourage the wrong behaviors. So hmm. we have a set of guidelines. We, yeah. Yes. We don't call it rules, but we call them guidelines. Yeah. If you do it, it's great. If you don't do it, you would see the effects. It's not that we are going to kick you out. It's the community that infuses and enforces the guidelines. guidelines. That mm-hmm. is what I've seen over the years. These guidelines have not changed. I started this community in 2015. It's called Invincible Winners. It evolved into sub-communities. That means Invincible Winners was like the main one. Then Invincible Product Hunters, Invincible Marketers, Invincible Growth Masters, Invincible youtubers invincible content creators you know invincible linkedin creator so it's like a sub 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 community but everyone is one and that one is uh, you know uh, the word invincible winner and the meaning of it is the like the both the words are the same meaning that you can never be defeated mm-hmm. and uh, that like the name is empowering that's why i had to like uh, i continued for so many years but also the guidelines kept on like we never changed it from the beginning and now it's a culture like for example i'm giving an example a lot of communities die why because there is no set theme or for discussions Uh, people spam a lot like the biggest reason for dying is a lot everybody is talking about something right like their own uh, creation or their own um, agendas of selling something or whatever but then if the community leader can unite everyone to one thing. So -hmm. for example, we run very themed discussions and we clearly mentioned that this is a themed community. You go by the themes if you want to stay. Similarly, on let's say some other community called Invincible Product Hunters. Product Hunt is a website where you launch new products Mm -hmm. and we feature other people's product then have discussions over it and then everybody supports. It's like a great platform, you know, and we are an extension of it. And then this community became so big 
that now it influences the real platform <laughs> with changes with new features with policies that they form so we are trying to become a community that makes an impact so with growth masters we are doing these books and movies with product hunters we are entirely changing a platform uh, like influencing a platform and the culture on it uh, so now let's say we have a very basic rule that if you share an interesting let's say you're talking about your website and say oh i do this podcast and uh, i'm looking how i can grow my reader base for example you would say okay this is my abc.com website right instead of doing that we say write dot literally so that it doesn't become a clickable link so the discussions stay and they don't go off platform if someone is really keen on looking at your site they can just replace the dot in their browser and have a look at it right this automatically discourages spammers who just want to put in links yeah uh, similarly uh, everyone can self promote but if they have earned karma so just like in real life you know you good you do good things you get Uh, like your good actions result to good results similarly your good karma in the community would would you would be rewarded with self promotion so if you earn 100 karma mm. you are allowed to self promote and okay. who decides who you have good karma or bad karma that's the community's votes so okay. every discussion has votes and then if the community is voting on it that means you are earning good karma if they are not engaging you are earning bad karma <laughs> okay so so that is against the interest of the community uh, to say so so to say so this is how we keep away the bad actors so even if someone is doing something wrong right it's mm-hmm. the other people like we have come to a point where no we no longer want to interfere much it's the other people who get involved and say and Very of course uh, with moderation rights only we can delete you know some spam post or all that is very normal but it's the first thing that would happen is the members would guide members and mm. i think the, the the success of a community is determined by just that that there comes a point where the leader withdraws and the community still continues to operate yeah now this has been a fascinating conversation and i would say the the point which you mentioned about the cultural input has kind of got cemented in my mind now uh it's such profound what you've just shared and you know it's so great to hear at this age the kind of knowledge and the wisdom which you have been able to share on this call or on this podcast has been amazing uh so thanks rohan for taking time out it's been a wonderful conversation uh and especially taking time out on a weekend so really appreciate that from you Thank you. I absolutely enjoyed this discussion, and I must say that this has been the most interesting podcast uh, I've done with anyone so far. I've done oh, many, <laughs> but this has been really great. The right, like the entire experience, right from the time your team reached out to the time when we, you know, had difficulties and you gracefully kind of navigated through it. No, uh, and I absolutely love how you continue discussions and continue to build on those discussions. So thank you so much for having me. I look forward to sharing with with our community. Sure. and hopefully my uh, like i told you my goal is to make this like the most watched episode on your youtube channel or wherever you're posting it i look forward to the main one thank you so much